On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. I'm streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday. It is, of course, the 2nd of May and what a weekend we had. Great racing there for the Hawkesbury Standalone Meeting on Saturday. We had wonderful racing coming out of South Australia and Brisbane as well and great to see uh, that horse from Kembla Grange count the rupee. In fact, both horses from Kembla Grange flying the flag for New South Wales extremely well there in that Queensland Carnival. And I think it's something we're going to see as it rolls on there. Uh, the quality of uh, the Sydney runners heading up there and New South Wales runners is going to be sensational this year. And well, what about this week in New South Wales? Wagga Wagga, their carnival, of course, on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. We're up there at Gosford for the standalone meeting the coast. It is going to be a beauty. Now, in terms of racing today in New South Wales, well, we've got Tatari and Gunnadar as our Monday meetings. And we've got Tanya Thomas with the latest scratchings. Good morning. Tanya. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, everyone. Yes, we'll start with Tari, where the weather is fine. The track is a heavy nine. The rail is out three metres, the entire circuit, and there are 23 scratchings. Race one at 12.55, take out number one, Invictus Felix, four, Emerald's Sun, and five, She's Hulk, one, four, and five. Race two, number 10, Candy Kiss, number 10. From race three, number one, Freddie Eddie, four, one, Penny, nine, Zapluck, 10, Huration, and 11, Let Us Loose, one, four, Nine, ten, eleven. Race four, number two, Sir Ravenelli. Five, Burdekin. Eight, Love to Dream. And nine, Orthy's Girls. Two, five, eight, and nine. From race five, number three, Fly Rock. Five, Elegant Poetus. And seven, Miss Amari. Three, five, and seven. Race six, number one, Dobbin. Four, Your Temptation. Five, Allay. Six, Osbred. And the Emergency 15. One, four, Five, six, and fifteen, and out of race seven, number four, too much class, and ten shillers missed. Four and ten from race seven at Taree. To Gunnedah, the weather is fine. The track a heavy, a soft six. The rail is true, and there are forty-one scratchings. The first race is at one ten. Take out number five, Broad Beach Dancer. Six, Kazritz. Eight, Flying Squad. Eleven, Legalese, and the Emergency sixteen. Five, six, eight, eleven, and sixteen. Race two, number one, party stop. Four, vain, rich. Five, Cupid's kiss. Seven, jester statement. Twelve, elegant, poetess. Emergencies fifteen and eighteen. One, four, five, seven, twelve, fifteen, and eighteen. Race three, number two, overthink. Ten, Lan Kwai Fong and twelve, seething zonky. Two, ten, and twelve. Out of the fourth, number six, Morabinda Mick. Nine, Me and Dell. Eleven, Turntable. And fourteen, Mondal Express. Six, nine, eleven, and fourteen. Out of race five, number two, Emerald Bay. Six, Rawworth Boy. Seven, Wonder When. Nine, Sterny Bear. Twelve, Nicker Nacelles. And the Emergency, seventeen. Two, six, seven, nine, twelve, and seventeen. Race six, take out one, Travoli. Two, Deep Mirror. Four, Weather Channel. Six, Prince of Troy. Ten, Rock the Dream. Eleven, Poet Lad. Twelve, Stormy Pluck. Sixteen, Hedero. And the Emergency, twenty. One, two, four. 6, 10, 11, 12, 16 and 20. And race 7, take out 1, Luff. 7, the Sherpa. 8, Discompose. Emergencies 15 through to 17 and 19. 1, 7, 8, 15, 16, 17 and 19. Dave, out of race 7 at Gunnedah. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that, Tanya. We'll be looking at uh, those race meetings after Punners Postmortem this morning. Elsewhere, we're at Werribee today. Ipswich, it's a public holiday up there in Queensland today, so we've actually got a provincial meeting in Ipswich today. So we'll have tips with Michael Maxworthy a little bit later on in the whip round. Looking forward to that. You'll hear that on Sky Sports Radio and watch that as well on Sky Thoroughbred Central. For Greyhound fans, big week for you because it's the Million Dollar Chase this weekend there at Wenty Park, the world's richest race. Uh, we've got Nowra, though, today in New South Wales. Bathurst, Maitland as well. And again, we'll preview those meetings a little bit later on. And for harness racing fans, 
in New South Wales. You've got a day off. You can relax. No New South Wales meeting today for Harness fans. But we will have, of course, at 10.30, Mick Gearan joining us with On The Pace with all the latest information. Our panel is there. Dean Lester, Chris Roots and Glenn Munsey. Firstly, I'll say good morning to you, Dino. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good, Dave, actually, yeah. And uh, it was an OK meeting here at Sandown. We had a lot of rain Friday night, uh, but track played all right and uh, enjoyed the racing from interstate. Uh, the Glinda Hope winning the Group 1, uh, trained by the Basutton Young team uh, from Cranbourne and... Uh, then all reds lead to uh, Warnable this week, starting with tomorrow. So, uh, no, it's a good good week of uh, Victorian provincial racing coming up. Fantastic. Yeah, looking forward to uh, to that bill meeting. Of course, complimenting there the Wagga meeting we're at and the, up here at uh, Gosford as well. So it just continues for punters to sink their teeth into. Chris Roots, uh, you saw Hawkesbury come through on the weekend. I know we copped that rain early in the morning, but they got the meeting run and won. And there was a good little crowd out there at Hawkesbury as well on Saturday. Yeah, nice crowd out at Hawkesbury, and it was one of those meetings that um, the track shines through. Once again, a lot of grass on that track, and it held together pretty well. So um, you probably had to be on speed, but what were the right horses won during the day? And I don't think, um, I think punters would have been pretty happy with the results. Very much so. Uh, joining us as well is Glenn Munsey. Glenn, uh, it seemed like uh, there were a few little results here and there where punters were clearly on top. I know they were roaring that winner in the last Norwegian Bliss. Yes, good morning to you, Dave, Chris, Dean, and all the listeners. Yeah, always uh, putters go home happy when the favourite wins the last. And, well, it's a big effort to uh, remain undefeated after six starts, Norwegian Bliss. And um, it uh, sent them home on a happy note. I'd say, and looking at the crowd leaving the races, Dave, there were some that didn't handle the conditions there at all well (laughs) on Saturday. Um, They would have uh, used the the track as an excuse. Uh, I think the... uh, uh, the majority of people, you know, it's just unfortunate. You know, James Hedo was his first standalone Saturday as the new CEO of the Hawkesbury Race Club, and he was very, very bullish about the amount of people they had booked in there. Their hospitality packages were all sold out weeks before the races. And the last, the last thing you want is rain on the morning of the races when everybody's getting ready. And he, he did say they emailed a lot of the people that had the outdoor areas, and they said, oh, no, no, we're still coming. We're still coming, so you know they'd made a they'd made a commitment to come to the races. They weren't disappointed with the quality of racing that we got there on Saturday, and as Chris said, they couldn't have been possibly disappointed with the quality of track we got there. It was a massive advantage to be up there and and off the fence, but um, you know some horses got through it and others didn't. But the jockey said it was by far and away the best heavy track they've ridden on lately. Well, there you go. Okay, that's a big wrap for the team out there at Hawkesbury. Let's uh, discuss some races, and this is our panel today. So if you've got a question for the panel on any particular racing across the country on the weekend or something that's caught your eye, give the team a call. 13 53 I want to start, though, with the Hawkesbury Guineas. Um, and we might go on that order of entry. Dino, Mr Mozart, he was obviously a... Uh, well in the market, uh, he was always hovering around that even money mark, dollar ninety mark. And um, I mean, you've seen this horse down in Melbourne. He raced at the top level in the Futurity earlier in the preparation. Do you feel this? I mean, he, I know he's back in grade a little bit, but he just seems like he's putting it all together now. Yeah, I think he's going to win a, a really decent race in time. He's won a good race on Saturday, and he's won a couple before that. So he's he's building a good profile. But I think they've worked out that. That, that, I think they tried to harness him uh, a lot of the time and uh, we saw that down here and when they let him roll in the extra plate back in the spring, he won and then he nearly won the Stutt Stakes uh, leading into the Corfu Guineas and Corfu Guineas was just run at a frantic speed. He actually couldn't get the front but I think he's a horse that just likes to freewheel along and they're often good horses, uh, Munns sort of 14, 1500 metres at wait for age where they can get the front and, uh, and just make their own luck. Yeah, and that's a significant point you brought up there, Dean, about the fact he, he's really come solid being let run along uh, in the races there. The, you know, the rain-affected tracks have certainly helped him as well. Willie was a little bit concerned on Saturday that he wasn't the best away, uh, but he just worked his way to the front there and finished up, you know, dictating the race. And, um, you know, when you look at his form, he's, you know, he's won the far lap. He's beat Never Been Kissed, yep. and she's a Group 1 winner. He won the Doncaster pre at Newcastle where he beat our Playboy, and our Playboy came out to win at Ram. And the our playboy form was the absolute focus of form for the Hawkesbury Gold Cup and stood up in the Kerwin's Lane winning. Uh, and then, you know, he, he's come back to his own age there on Saturday uh, and, and held them again. But, you know, he, he just seems to relish when he's let run along in front. Yep. 
Yeah, they found the they found the key to him, haven't they? And they've just since he's been um, allowed to to lead and dictate, he's been been a revelation. It would have been a really good hope in an all age states. He was an emergency for that, so great training effort to keep him up for another two weeks. And I just think they that they'll put him away now and look for a golden eagle and hope it's a wet another wet spring. And knowing that Sydney, well, it'll probably still be running then. In regards to so, in regards to the horse, I mean, was there any conversation? I mean, I know the Hawks team play their cards pretty close to their chest, uh, Munns, Chris. But was there any conversation after the race from any of the? Uh, is he is he a horse that we may see at Scone um, in a, in a meeting in a race there, or is he pretty much going to no, have a nice spell, paddock? He's, he's spell and get ready for the um, get ready for the spring and the Golden Eagle. So okay. I think you'll see him in a maybe you might they might try him in an Epson, but I. I'd, I suspect they'd probably just go through the Silver Eagle. It's worth a million dollars now, so another million dollar dollar race you can against your own age restricted. It's probably a nice way into a seven and a half million dollar race. Yeah, All right. he's a seventeen dollar chance in that Golden Eagle market. So uh, there's a pre noms market open for that. Uh, and just considering that market, when you see some of the horses that are in it, uh, the Golden Eagle is, is a race where it, it's becoming an unbelievably deep race. Like Animo, Mazu, the equal favourites. Then you've got Converge and Espiona and in the Congo. And then you roll into the $15 chances. And we, we might get onto it a little bit later, Dino, talking about Adelaide. But um, is it Ilation or is it Ilation? Yeah. Ilation, yeah. Yeah, he might have just put his hand right up for the uh, Golden Eagle. They've made no secret of the fact that's where they want to go with him long term. Um, don't know where he goes short term, but he'll be building his ratings points so that he can be assured of a run come uh, late October. Uh, very, very good uh, segue, Munns, because there's been already two texts on the text line about this particular horse. So, Elation, um, if you haven't seen the win, jump on the tab app and have a look at the replay. Um, there is a question of who did, who did he beat? There at uh, Morfordville, Dino, but it's just the the style and manner of this horse. And uh, Mark Zara is a pretty good judge of a horse too, and he just seems to be talking about him in big raps. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that can happen in a maiden day. They beat nothing, but you know when you see a good horse, and he's a uh, he's a good horse. When he won that maiden at Pakenham, uh, he ran incredible sectional times late. Uh, and and won accordingly. And again on Saturday, once he got the run, he's got that. 200 metre burst where he can really surge and uh, and what he did on Saturday as opposed to Pakenham was he raced closer to it and cruised on a good on a better speed so he can actually still sprint off a good speed which is a good thing to have. What about the, the the big price? Or actually, you go, Chris. Have you had something to chime in with? He's the sort of horse that you know after two starts he's going to get a boom on him. So you're going to be taking short prices about him, and it's going to be one of those ones. The, Price, Price Kent team are always really good about saying this is our target and and getting them to the target. So if they're talking Golden Eagles already, it's probably almost a safe bet that they'll have a couple more runs and then put him, put him away and maybe take their I'm Thunderstruck sort of preparation through Melbourne and go to a two-rack or a nice 1,400-metre um, handicaps in, um, for Group 1 money in, at Caulfield. Mm, well, I was just going to say, tell us a, you know, a little bit about how you think the... The stable has been ticking over, uh, Dino, because um, they haven't had another great weekend. It just seems like they're producing these these nice horses. I mean, they've always had nice horses, Mick Price, Mick Kent Jr., but they're not afraid to one travel them all across the country. And uh, I mean, Jungle Mag- Magnate was another one there in Adelaide. Yeah, he's um, right on target for the Derby, Dave. And uh, they won the first here on Saturday with a, a nice uh, hellbent two-year-old and. Uh, yeah, the team's rolling along beautifully. I think there's just been um, a couple of things. I think the the partnership's working fantastically well. I think uh, it, it's a real rejuvenation for Mick Price. Not that he was stale, but uh, Junior's very keen on you know sourcing horses and buying horses from New Zealand and and getting uh, horses into the stable. So he's he's very aggressive in that regard. So that you know with that comes uh, the chance of getting better horses. And the move to Cranbourne's worked out really well for him. I think a lot of the trainers at Caulfield have had a, a real eye-opener that they've come to Cranbourne and thought, why didn't we do this 10 years ago? Uh, you know, there's 96 metres of grass tracks to gallop on, four different grass tracks. So they've always got grass tracks to gallop on when they need them. It's 
specifically for training, uh, and they've got beautiful facilities. They walk out the, the gate uh, where Mick Price's horses are. They walk out the front gate, and they're at the 1,400-metre mark, straight onto the course, or they've got sandhills out the back, and they're training beautifully at the moment. And, uh, and so are a lot of the trainers that move from Caulfield to Cranbourne, uh, Clinton McDonald, John Maloney, to name a couple. They're, they're going along probably better than they've ever gone. Now, Dean, just for people that don't know that the setup at Cranbourne, when when they see the Cranbourne races, uh, the Cranbourne trots, yep. the Cranbourne dogs, that is a completely separate racing complex to what they call the Cranbourne training, training. centre. I think, isn't it? Or yeah, yeah. Well, you can, as you're going into the into the centre buns, you turn left and you go to the race course, which is the Gallops track, then the the harness, then the Greyhound track. And you turn right and you go to the uh, training centre, which was built in 1990. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the tracks are, well, the outside grass track's about 2,400 metres around. And there was at some point there that they were thinking of maybe racing there, but they've really zoned it in as a uh, tra- you know, training base only. And uh, it's, it is a, a fantastic facility with swimming pools and, treadmills and the, but the the out the back they've got sand hills they've got you know beautiful sand tracks that they can you know just get horses to on these slow days do plenty of deep sand work but relax and uh, I think uh, yeah the, as I said it's been an absolute eye-opener to the trainers at uh, at Caulfield uh, that they were virtually just going around a circular track every day. Yeah, and when you see horses that have trialled at Cranbourne, yep. they trial at the training complex, not on the course property. There's never a home ground advantage, Munns. No, mm. yeah. no. No, the only time we have gallops is the Tuesday before the Cranbourne Cup, so that'll be the only time, other than when they race there. The only advantage they've got is they're not stuck in traffic on a Friday night on the Monash, but other than that, uh, <laughs> they, that's the only advantage they've got. All right, we've got a call on the line. I think we've got Mark on the phone. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, morning, boy. Uh, Dina, uh, yes, Dave, I thought she was very good on Saturday. Will she go to Queensland? I think she's looking for that 2400. Well, she's got the option of the uh, of uh, Queensland, or uh, because of the way they've split the carnival up in um, Adelaide, it's two weeks to the uh, South Australian Derby. She could take on the males at Group One. Um, I don't know if that's a an option. Um, I haven't even checked the. If she's in the market, Muns, if she's in the entries. But uh, this is this is what they're trying to do, is get the Phillies to maybe have two runs at Group 1 level in Adelaide and then maybe go on to uh, to, to Queensland. So, uh, yeah, she was very good. I mean, the draw totally beat her. As you saw, the, the race was won from those closer to the inside and she was the widest runner. So her run was enormous. Yeah, I thought it was great. She's definitely looking for that longer trip. Yep. Uh, Munns. Yes, mate. Uh, the place takes... On a Sunday morning, I play golf on a Sunday. And, uh, Lucky I man. Try I try to get my multis on, but the, the place pools are very, very slow. Sometimes 10 o'clock, there's races not up. I've got to go elsewhere to do it. Is there a reason why they're so slow? Well, what do you mean the place pools? Place odds. Place odds. It was place like, odds yeah, fixed. Yeah, yeah, fixed. Uh, it was noticeable oh. yesterday. It was very noticeable, yeah. Uh, is is, is that... Well, some, I know on early of a morning, there's sometimes display issues because, for example, last Monday morning on the public holiday, I was looking at all the markets for uh, the Anzac Day meeting on the Kensington track, and yet they weren't displaying via the internet or the app. Yeah. So whether or not there's some sort of lag there of a morning, oh, I can't see them opening markets for races on the day and just opening a win-only market. You'll see a win-only market opened you know, uh, maybe on a Wednesday... Um, for a Friday meeting or whatever like that. And they don't like to put up place markets when there's only sort of eight acceptors because um, there's the hassle uh, then with the reduced fields well, and everything I, like that. But no, Nothing to do with it. It's got nothing. To, honestly, I've seen it for so long. It's just so frustrating. It's on a Sunday. Place, always yeah. a place. You can't get place odds. You've got to go elsewhere. I've got to go to Sportsbet or something like that. Okay, well, I'll, I'll chase that up because um, yeah. I've been doing Sunday mornings for Gerard Daffy uh, with Ray Thomas and Dean Lester on Big Sports Breakfast Weekend around about quarter to nine, but we don't really have a racing segment on that, so I, I'm not looking at the racing markets as such, but I, I will bring that up. Uh, Timmy Ryan, who's the, the head man there at the moment, he's on leave at, the, at this stage, but uh, Timmy Owens will be the, the man that I'll be uh, pressing for some information regarding that today.
Okay, beautiful. Thanks for your call, Mark. We've got. Unless you uh, want to do it, Dave, and or are you too busy? Cookie, no, mate. That's a that's a RDA for me, mate. Please. Um, now, Cookie the bookie is on the line. G'day, Cookie. Good morning, man. And a question for Glenn, please. On a more um, and a nicer note, the, the the big dance futures. Us bushies are waiting for a market to go up. We take well, mate, I can business. tell you, there's one in the system here at the moment. Uh, I've just clicked on it. Uh, they've got oh. they've got horses there um, that have either qualified because I can see Al Mahaha and Steely. Well, they would have come out of Goulburn, uh, ready to ready to humble up a house. Charmy baby battle guardian not negotiating. One A, she's all in. Invincible dash Beckford point counterpoint Peyton place. So there's plenty of horses in there. They may be just waiting. Um, we'll see the last two horses added in that list there are Bandersnatch and Constant Flight that come out of Tamworth. So there, there, there are horses there, and, well, I'd say now with the oh, number right. of throw, horses... Throw a market up, mate. Well, throw okay. Throw a market up if you're a bookie. <laughs> 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 you're not the original crookie, the bookie. Crookie, the bookie, you know, he's up there worrying about what Toto's doing and, you know, and, yeah, uh, up there in the Hunter Valley. No, no, this is a different one. Yeah. You know him. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, like with, with the Kosciuszko and the country stakes, you put the ones up, some are qualified, some aren't. It's a bit of an interest if you've got a Yeah, well, the, the Kosciuszko is a little bit different because you, you're, it's yeah. a slot race there. You've got to be, you've got to be chosen yeah, but, by the people that gain the tickets. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as I said, th- there are a number of names in the system there, and I, I wouldn't think they're too far away from putting it up, considering well, that's right. More they have added those, the those horses from Tamworth a week ago. Absolutely. All, All right. Thank you very much for that. Just just on that too, because there's a couple of texts about that, um, Muns, and a couple of questions. So uh, a few people saying about the big dance, um, will it be similar sort of betting to Kosciuszko's and whatnot? And no, it won't, because even though these horses are uh, running second, first, etc. at these country cups, it, uh, the, the word qualifies being thrown around, and it's actually probably, it's actually, the correct word is eligible, because there's no... Uh, guarantee that they have to go to the big dance. They're just eligible now from obviously securing those spots, and that means that it'll just be an all-in... Well, well it'll, be, it'll 50, be an all-in market, there, won't it? There'll be 52 horses, I think you'll find, Dave, that are eligible yep. to run in the big dance, and they are first and second from the 26... No, sorry, the 25 races, the country cups. There's 25 country cups, and Chris will back me up here, I think it is. And then there is basically a wild card to be yeah. run. That's that's right, Chris, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the old country classic, so I think they've made that into the wild card, so um, it's two weeks out, so you can go there and qualify, and then I think it's done on benchmark, so... Yeah, it's a benchmark um, system, so... It, so you're going to have to be pretty sweet. high up. You're going to be have to be uh, up towards 90, I'd say, to get in the race, because any horses that win races like the Scone Cup and that are going to be straight in. That's probably one of the disadvantages of the system, because... You might not get, you know, some a horse that that wins um, one of the smaller cups because it just can't get the rating points to get in. Mm. All right, um, boys, we're going to take a quick break. It's nine thirty-one on Sky Sports Radio. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Hawkesbury Gold Cup, the win of Kerwin's Lane. Back shortly. This is Punter's Post Mortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, welcome back to Punters Post Mortem. You're with Dean Lester, Glenn Munsey and Chris Roots this morning. And we're taking your calls on 1350-353. Before we get to Ash, who is on the line, uh, we've got the Hawkesbury Gold Cup here. And I might come to you, Chris. Kerwin's Lane was a good winner there. And uh, the O'Shea Stable, well, they took some horses up to Brisbane. Had no success there, but they got the chocolates uh, with Kerwin's Lane. It was a good win. Yeah, it was a great ride, wasn't it? Just sat in behind them and... The pattern of the day dictated you needed to be up on speed. That's where he was. He's built a really good record, second up at a mile. Beat Ellsberg there one day at Randwick, I think you'll find. And that was, um, he got, probably got to the front too soon, Tommy Sherry. But, you know, there wasn't anything around him going as well as him. And he just went away and won fairly easily. Um, the horse on his back couldn't make up the ground, ho- hopeful around the turn. Um, but one of Beauchet's other runners, Burdebeck, Geez, go back and have a look at the video there and um, go into the Scone Cup. He's going to have two strong hopes because I think Burdebeck getting to Scone on that big track and probably a dry track will be will, will give Kerwin Slane some hurry up. 
All right, uh, Dino, you uh, no doubt watch the Gold Cup with interest. Gee, this uh, uh, second horse, hopeful, the uh, the French import, um, put his best foot forward, didn't he, on Saturday? On on that uh, on Saturday, yeah. Yeah, he did, Dave. Uh, it was a it was a good run. Um, I've got to say, I was watching uh, the winner, probably the closest of all, uh, Kerwin's Lane. I liked him second up. It was just a matter if he'd handle that ground, and uh, he was. Uh, as uh, Chris said, might have got to the front a bit soon, but he, he just travelled so strongly that he had to go with him. And uh, from there, it was it was a pretty easy watch. Um, you mentioned that uh, the second horse was very good, hopeful. Um, a, a tissue, okay. A brutality, okay. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the second horse was probably the, the one going forward and, uh, and Birdebeck was the, the real unlucky runner. Glenn, what do we do with Art Cadeau? Um, that was another attempt. Well, that was a, a mile attempt. Um, Terry Robinson's very adamant that uh, the horse he believes will get a mile. Do, do you give him another chance? Do you, do you think they press on to Scone? Well, you know, if you, you're going to get him to run the mile, Dave, you, you can't say... Um if you look at his form, he, you know, he, the only concern is the two times he's run past 1,400 metres are probably two of his career worst runs, uh, being in the, the Festival and also the Hawkesbury Cup. Now, you know, they were very heavy tracks, but he, he'd had good form on heavy tracks. The, the concern is in his 1,400 metre uh, wins, uh, they haven't been sort of blown the field away. So, you know, you say, well, you know, geez, he's hit the line strong in a 1,400. You know, I think, you know, 12 to 1,400 is his absolute limit. I must admit, I didn't like him on Saturday for the simple reason being it was going to be a tough slog in a mile race in that race there. And just because you're running on at the end of 1,400 metres doesn't mean yeah. you're going to be a 1,600-metre horse. It's a completely different set of circumstances. The thing about this race on Saturday, to probably make Kerwin's lanes win a little bit stronger than it was. It was a very, very solid speed. Now, it was a big advantage to be up on speed there on Saturday, but they really wanted to go here, like Archidemus, uh, also the front man, and what was the other leader there? Uh, Olmedo. Uh, they really rolled along in front, and Kerwin's Lane just travelled behind them. So he did all the work, basically carting the field up to the three leaders. So his win was a lot stronger than what you think. Yeah, I thought... Um, I thought Hopeful, hopeful had his back all the way through too. So I know he's going to get better after it was the run, but um, Kerwin's lane was pretty strong to the line. I think he's probably get out the two thousand metres this preparation. So there's there's some plenty of options there for John with him. With Art Cadeau, he might just be one of those on speed fourteen hundred metre horses, really tough that can get fourteen hundred. But when you step them up to to a mile, they just find it find find the um, Tempo out of the race and and the need to have a ch- turn of foot a, a a real challenge. So it, I think it'll get it get them win a mile race eventually, but maybe not in a race where it's got to be it's got to have a change of gear. All right, uh, just on um, uh, I've got an actual tweet here uh, from one of the listeners. Um, back to Norwegian Bliss. We're jumping back here, but anything more, Chris, to develop from that news? Um, no, obviously from a wide barrier. Just reading the stewards report here: a post-veterinary examination of the mare revealed uh, to have blood present in both nostrils. This is Norwegian Bliss, who was simulating in the last. Now, Norwegian Bliss was subject to a further veterinary examination, which identified minor abrasions to its forehead. Stewards will make a determination as to whether whether the mayor is deemed to have bled from both nostrils after receiving the results of an endoscopic examination on return to the stable and after taking evidence uh, from the uh, the chief veterinarian officer, Mr Peter Curl, or Dr Peter Curl. So, wasn't, wasn't she examined behind the barrier? Didn't she lunge at the barriers or something? Yeah, she did, didn't she? And yeah. the, way James, the way James wrote her, you'd think she was a group horse going group horse in the making. He just sat out wide and let her, let her, let her fly. And it was an arrogant she's a, It was... A, it was a, at the 200, yes, thought, does James think he's on Zaki here or something like that? He's just, he, he was just sitting and swinging to it. So um, I'm sure Luke McDonald, Jerry Harvey's racing manager, just listening to the show, so you'll either text Dave, myself, or Mums in the next next five minutes and tell us what's happening. But mm. they really want to go to the dark jewel for that horse. And um, the black side. She wouldn't be out of place, place in a race like that. But then again, she'll be stepping up in grade and probably be under the odds as well.
Yeah, well, I, I I, he might be doing the washing, Luke, because uh, I don't think he's going to let his partner do the washing anymore after no. she put his good suit pants uh, through the. Oh, how about how about how about how about that when he was hiding in the grandstand on the weekend with oh. the pants? Yeah, morning, Luke. I said, well, you know, bad luck, Harvey Norman doesn't sell suits. You could have got one on the way to the races. <laughs> 60 months interest-free. Yeah, interest-free, interest-free. <laughs> oh, I'm tipping Jerry is still charging. Now, back to the the Oaks in Adelaide. Uh, we touched on daisies before. What about uh, the uh, the winner, this glint of hope? Um, Japanese bread, a deep impact filly. Um, very, very impressive. Gee, they're tough, aren't they, these deep impacts, Dino? Yeah, she's uh, she just was immature in the spring. I, I thought she was probably the Oaks filly in the spring, but she just fell away when it came time. To, uh, to get to the Oaks, but uh, probably just brought her along a bit quieter this time, and uh, she didn't have the uh, trip to Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. They stayed here and ran against the males, and uh, she was in a spot uh, three back the fence, and often it's a good spot because you don't have to make a decision. Jamie Carr had to make the decision on the favourite coming to the turn, whether she uh, played for luck and played for that inside run or played the percentages and come out, and uh, I think... Uh, Probably every day of the week she should come out, and she did. But just as she did, the leader, Ancient Girl, rolled off, and uh, Daniel Moore was presented with the sweetest run from three back the fence to sharing the lead in a couple of strides. And from there, she was just tough to the line. Uh, the second filly, Barb Raider, she's now two time group one place getter. She's a terrific filly. Uh, I think she's probably a miler, but she tried her heart out. Uh, my whisper, as I just said, she was in the great spot. She had to make a decision. She came out. And the winner got through. Bonza Perla is right around the mark in this grade. And Doe ran a lot better. And we spoke of Daisies with the caller earlier. She was the good run from back in the field because basically the inside draws, first, third and fourth, drew barriers, two, three and five. So the inside draws were very much to the fore there. All right. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. And give us a call. The open line is open. 13.53.53 is the number. 13.53.53. We've got Ash. Good morning, Ash. Yeah, good morning, boys. How are you going? Good, mate. Um, yeah, that's all right. Hope you have a good week. Um, just a quick question on um, uh, what's going on with Willie Pike. I've been having a bit of luck with him now that he's uh, got a bit of success in, on the East Coast at the moment. But um, I see Kelly Slater was at Margaret River on the weekend. Is there was South Australia, Western Australia have got rid of all their things, have they? He's not going back, is he? Or... So I spoke with Willie in Tamworth. The, the Kelly Slater thing is very interesting. I... Didn't think about that the other day, but I'm not sure what is going on there with uh, their rules. But I said to Willie, um, "Would you go back if, if the rules changed in Perth?" Uh, this was in Tamworth, and he was adamant. No, he said no. I, I said, "Look, uh, as much as you know, people would might think that I'd go back and 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 dominate Perth or try and dominate Perth like he did." He was very adamant that he was staying. Uh, he was also very adamant that. He, you know, made the commitment to the Hawks team and to others, and didn't want to just sort of fly back and 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 give all that up. Um, he also did say it's. He said it's a lot harder than he thought it was going to be. Uh, he said that obviously over in Perth they, they don't race nearly as much, and and the travel is is not as much. But he was really enjoying himself, and he did also then say at the end he said my bank balance, uh, even though I'm not riding ten winners of a, a meeting, my bank balance is uh, quite healthy here because of the the way the prize money is, but. Um, I might come to you here, Chris. Uh, I know you probably haven't had your head over what's happening with vaccination policies in WA, but that is a good point, really, Kelly Slater. Racing journalist. That is that is that is interesting, really, the Kelly Slater chat. Yeah, I think I think um, Kelly Slater was allowed in the country, and I think he just went straight there. I'm not sure what the ruling is with Mark McGowan. He just he he he's more likely to lock you out than let you in. So you know. We'll um we'll leave that to to the Western Australians, but um with Willie, I had a, I had a chat to him the other day, and he's very keen. He he's looking for property now, so he's he he's got to get the family over here. And um, you know, he said to me, you know, it's not bad when you're racing for 130 every Saturday day, and and as he's going, he's riding a winner or two each each week. So you know, it's um worked out pretty well for him. But once again, he's one of those one of those blokes who wants to travel, so. He, he he likes going to those country meetings like Tamworth and that, and I, I know mm. he's, he's got a couple of others on his um agenda that he wants to do in and country clubs who who would would like a feature jockey to go there. He's he's one that would always consider consider going out on a Wednesday, on a Thursday or Friday, just to support a country club and do things like that. 
Well, I think we're going to see him. We may possibly see him at Wagga. I know that we're going to see Tommy Berry and others at uh, at Wagga on the Thursday, Friday. And then, of course, they'll make their way up to Gosford for Saturday for the Coast meeting. Dean, I might ask you this, um, in your opinion, um, and it was sort of something that, that Willie touched on when, when I spoke to him uh, in Tamworth, is that he... He was obviously riding some extremely good horses there in Perth, and sometimes he had the benefit of you know dropping them out the back, weaving them through, and and creating that you know that wizard from the West magic. But he he said he's had to sort of not change his style here, but he's had to think differently about racing here because he's not on the Ferraris, and you know sometimes we would never see him up the front of these uh, fields in in WA. We'd see him, as I said, weaving, whereas here he's having to put horses into races, and he's he's changed his racing brain. He said. Yeah, he's a completely different rider to, to my eye uh, in that regard uh, because, as you said, he could just drop back. He played that he knew, you know, he knew how every rider in Perth rode and he could, their idiosyncrasies and he just picked them off and, yeah, you know, he, he was just, just better than them. He was on better horses and he's a great jockey. Uh, but, you know, you wouldn't have seen him keep driving on a horse like Mr Mozart on Saturday when he didn't begin that well. If that was Perth, I reckon he'd have just lay in his neck and settled midfield. But he drove him, and 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 that that early aggression, I think, is really uh, shining through. And 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 that's what you've got to be when, as you said, Dave, you're not driving the Ferraris. When you're, you're also, when you're in Melbourne, when yeah. when you're in when you're in, when he was in Melbourne, Dino, where did he sit amongst the jockeys? There was he was he was he at the top of the tree there with limited opportunities he had. Uh, he got the hang of it. I think that was the forerunner to, to what you're seeing now. I think when he first came, um, I think um, Willie was very sceptical of you know, how you know, that, that races are run to certain patterns. And uh, I, I think that he was just happy to, to ride his race his way. And, uh, and he, you know, it, it wasn't quite working out, but he'd adapted. And by the time that... That spring, at the end of you know, when, when he won on Ole Kirk, and that spring he was just riding tremendously. And then we he had that little cameo last autumn when he rode here, uh, and he won on Mask Crusader, and then he went down and won three, I think, at uh, Mornington, and we we saw him for those couple of meetings. So he's yeah, he modified already by then, and now uh, now you're you're seeing it again, uh, the next evolution of him, uh, and. and uh, because he can ride so light, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a, the top should be a top three player in uh, in Sydney for sure. And the variety of tracks he's riding on here is making him a better rider because you have to adapt to a different track. Like, you know, when you consider at home, he was riding at, you know, he was riding at Belmont, he was riding at Ascot, he was riding at Pinjarra, he was riding at Narragin, um, you know, not many others. But here, one day you're at Wyong, where it's a tight little circuit. Next minute, you're at Ramwick. The next day, you're at uh, Tamworth. And then you're at Hawkesbury. And then you're at Kembla. Then you might be on the Beaumont track at Newcastle, the normal track at Newcastle. They're all completely different places. And I think he found it a little difficult here the first, say, month, where he just couldn't grasp the different way our races are run here especially at tracks like Canterbury where it was sort of out and bustle and get there and be there and, and don't be covering too much ground. And whereas now he's probably got the confidence and you looked at Mr. Mozart, the perfect example, he said he was a little bit slow away, but I was happy to just let him travel up and be where he wanted to be and that was going to be in front. All right. It's going to be he's interesting. Call it. Well, go, go, Chris, and then we'll get to Mark on the line. It's going to be interesting because Blake Shin's coming back and he's, he's indicated he'll come back to Sydney Sydney as well. So, you know, that, that room's just going to get stronger unless Blake decides to go. I think he's doing the carnival down in Melbourne. He might have a look and say Melbourne might be a better home for him for, for a little while. We'll just okay. wait and see, though. All right, well, Mark's on the line. Morning, Mark. Day, day, day boys. Um, you know, um, I saw Horsebrunner at Adelaide on, on Saturday and it blew my mind away. I see Ron Doverty yesterday. On the Thoroughbred Weekly Show, I mentioned it to Greg Radley. So you got to show this horse because it's an X Factor. Well, it was one of the most impressive wins I've seen coming out of a main for list of races I've seen for a long, long time. In elation, the one that did yesterday. Now, now Mick Price has said that he doesn't want to send it out for a spell straight away. He's got big plans for it next year. Talking like Cox Plate because it's so you think. But I'm just wondering, what can this horse do? I, I, I just love the way he sprinted when he got that gap on the fence. And it was just like a, it's just a, a complete race. What's your opinion of it, mate? 
Oh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, we had a little chat about him earlier. Um, we, uh, uh, he's, I think, I think the ultimate aim is a golden eagle. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And Mick Price uh, saw what you know, the prize money last year with it with I'm Thunderstruck and, and build him and, and be a Cox Plate horse as a five-year-old. And I think we'll see a lot of that uh, with these sort of horses. But there's something, yeah, there, there's certainly something very special about him, I think, going forward. Yeah, well, I'm just wondering what he's going to do as his next start. Like, he's, he doesn't want to put him for a spell at the moment because I've been a cult and he's so very bullish or whatever he was talking about it on Saturday. But I wonder, is it worth a, maybe a, a trip up to Brisbane? Is there a place? Like, I don't know. He's just got that ability. That you just don't know what he can do. And as that team by saying, you think it was more of an acceleration from the 200 to the 100 where he just put him to sleep. And the horse that runs second is probably going to come out next start and win. He's no slouch in refining or defining. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, well, I would think. I mean, if you want to take an easy option, there's an, the, the Adelaide Guineas Saturday week uh, over a mile. That'd be just his for the taking. But he might he might think that uh, a trip to Brisbane are doing good, and like he did with uh, Ayrton last year, and and you know go to the the Fred Best and and see if he can get into a Stradbroke or go to the Fred Best, and then the the guns in like he, he did ultimately with Ayrton last year, and that. Yeah, you know, that was setting him up well for the spring. It was just unfortunate yeah. that he got crook. But uh, yeah, there, there's plenty of options for him. But if he wanted to take the easy, he wanted to be going to the Adelaide Guineas Saturday week. And that's the big thing with trainers. They get a pattern that they know works, and they'll they'll go back to it. So if he doesn't win a Fred Best, he can go to a Gunsin and have that that um, yep. that that hit out and have the trip to Brisbane. It's just whether Mick wants to travel him all that way again, and then the benefit of that is you. Winter up there, and yeah, the get the sun on their back. back. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your call, mate. Uh, thank you, Mark. We'll take another break here. Punters post mortem on this Monday morning. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters post mortem. Yeah, welcome back to the program. You with Dean Lester, Chris Roots, and also Glenn Munsey uh, this morning. Uh, a couple of texts here. Uh, I'll come to you here, Munns, about the two-year-old race, which kick-started proceeding there at uh, at the Hawkesbury meeting on Saturday. Uh, Owen County, your thoughts on Owen County? I might get a comment from the rest of the guys too. And also Burgunder, the uh, the winner, two uh, two nice horses. Yeah, very very good race, Dave. Because well, albeit it was um, you know like a class one, class two race, there was a stack of maidens in the race. It's always a, it's either the starting point for a horse that's looking at going to Brisbane or the point where you want to take particular note of the horses that go around in this race and run well. Uh, they may go to a, a, for a break after this, but they they always turn out a very, very strong race here. And Owen County, well, um, as the day turned out, he was probably in the worst spot of the race they're getting back. He'd won a 1,400-metre race at Kembler, his first start. He stayed at 1,400 here, his second start. He's by Dundeal, trained by John Sargent. Uh, I've actually, well, I'll, I'll give it up. I've made him a horse to follow out of the meeting, Dave, because I thought he was very, very good in that race there. Basquiat, well, he looked to have Burgunder cold. Where they run past us at about the 125-metre mark at Hawkesbury, um, Basquiat looked as though he, he had Burgunder, but the fact that he went from 1,100 to 1,400, and was having 38 days off. May have just told in the finish there. I wouldn't be giving up on him. The winner, Burgunder, well, he'd been a, you know, a good run, his first run in a race in the Master Showman race at Hawkesbury. That was 1,100. He stepped up to 1,400. Pure just Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bot bone and muscle in the finish got him home. But I, I wouldn't be potting any of the f- three place getters across the line there. What even Your about thoughts? Green Shadows there? Um, Munns, run fourth. Yeah, well, it was home nothing good late. Yeah, and you, you look at him. He he went to Goulburn, uh, where he beat Invasive. Um, Invasive had been at Warwick Farm in the same race as Basquiat. And then after Goulburn, Invasive went to Kembler and ran into Owen County. So he was basically the barometer of that race there, albeit he was a $14 chance in the race. But he was the barometer of the form in the race. And Green Shadows, well, after he went to Goulburn, you'd say, well, geez, you've started 14 to 1 in a race, $14 in a race at Goulburn. He went to a Saturday two-year-old race in Brisbane, and it wasn't the strongest race in the world because the form of the Brisbane horses was pretty poor. He beat them easy there. So I thought he was a massive question mark in that race Saturday because I just couldn't line up, you know, uh, the Brisbane form. But he, he showed with the fact that he spotted every runner in the race two kilos, and he's run up to his um, both of his wins, first two runs of the race. So once again, goes to show you the depth of this race. 
it was he was pretty good, but I think you'll find he'll probably go for a break. He's had that trip away, and and Gerald might put him away now. Mm. With Owen County, he was be- beaten by the tempo of the race. They just backed it off coming down the side there past the railway station, and um, he was back and had to make make up ground. And when they sprinted, he was all, already already had to make up a fair deal of ground. He was very good late talking to John Sargent. He'll go now. The problem with this race is it's four. It's four weeks to the um, size in Brisbane, so um, he'll have a week in the paddock and head for the size in Brisbane. If he can't get a run in that race, there's a fourteen hundred metre race on the same day day in Sydney. So that'll that'll be his next start, and then he'll go to a JJ Atkins. And John's very happy that they've put back the Spring Champion to Cox Plate Day because it means. You can go to uh, JJ Atkins now and have an extra week or so in the paddock before you have to come back. And he thinks he's, he really thinks he's a derby horse or, uh, in the future. And the last time he said something like that to me, it was the horse that ran third in the AJC Oats after it run second to Coast Watch first up in a race. And um, I just can't remember the name of the horse at the moment. It was um, it's a tri colours horse, Jim Martini. Yep. So he was. Um, He's very bullish about this horse going forward that once it gets to a derby trip, he'll be right in there. Boys, need some horses to follow before you wrap up Punters Postmortem this morning. I might come to you here, Dino. What uh, horses are we following? Uh, Literary Magnet resumed on Saturday, or Magnate uh, resumed on Saturday at uh, Sandown. She had a big weight, and the horse that beat her had race fitness and a lot less weight, so... I think she'll have a good winter campaign um, for Maddie Williams. And in the last, Sir Davey won it, but uh, Vitruvius ran second. He over-raced badly. Oh, geez, I hope they take the blinkers off him uh, if they do that. Uh, he's a good miler, and he'll win a decent race over winter. So uh, I think they're two really nice horses for the upcoming winter preparations, Literary Magnate and Vitruvius. All right. Uh, yourself, Chris, what are your horses to follow? I'm with Owen County. I think you'll you, you'll see a really nice horse next start, and he'll, wherever he goes, whether it's Brisbane or Sydney, he'll be very hard to beat. And I think he'll be one of the leading hopes for the JJ Atkins and Burdebeck. If you if you've got time, just go and have a look at the replay there. He was back on the fence where no one wanted to be on Saturday. Couldn't get out, and Hugh Bowman had to wait to the hundred. I think he gave him a bit of a a little bit of a sound out after the line there, just to keep him keep him running through the line. So. I think he'll be right on song for a Skying Cup, particularly if it's a dry track. Okay, beautiful. Munns, your horses to follow? Uh, Owen County, as I said, Dave, out of the first there, we've given you the explanation with it. I thought the unlucky runner in a pretty deep highway for a Class 2, the form came from everywhere on Saturday, but it had no luck whatsoever. Overextend uh, for Rod Northam, and I thought uh, Surreal Step, uh, who had its first start for Brad Whittup, on Saturday, formerly trained by the Hawks, uh, was in that 1,000-metre race, the Malkovich race there. I thought it found the line nicely. But the best tip I can give you, Dave, is to pay particular attention to the Sydney horses coming off the wet tracks, going to Brisbane and finding firmer surfaces. And if you needed any more indication Saturday, Count de Rupi was one of them and Three Wise Men was another. They were the two sort of big standout ones there Saturday coming off the wet tracks and going to a drier surface in Brisbane. And hopefully uh, the dry tracks continue up there because you might be able to find one that you know or you thought was racing well in Sydney but not really handling the wet and going to a dry track in Brisbane and getting under the guard of the market. Mm, exactly right. Gee, we've got a big week of racing ahead, guys. Uh, just having a look. Obviously, we've got uh, Wagga on Thursday and Friday, that Wagga Carnival. We've got uh, the coast here uh, on the central coast. Uh, Glenn, you're doing that big luncheon. you want to give it a yeah. plug? Toast to the coast, Dave. Joker and the Thief on Friday. I think all the tickets are sold, but you can ring them today to find out whether there's any left. Uh, special guests include Chris Lees, uh, Timmy Clark, Josh Parr, Brett Navdala, Regan Bayless, Bjorn Baker, Ronnie Duffersy, and there's probably a few more away from that. But, Dave, yeah, well, Dino, well, you've I've got, got Warrnambool Tuesday got to a... Thursday. There's only 489 runners, so yeah. it's always hey, an easy week for you. Hey, man, yeah. just, just quickly, sorry, Crazy. I've got a bit, of, a bit of news there for you, mate, mm-hmm. and it could be a little tip for our punters. No Tim Clark... At that toast for the coast. Oh, he is going to Wagga? He's going to Wagga, and the quote is, I'm going to Wagga to get one of Anthony and Sam Friedman's into the big dance. So there you go. So I'll be watching that Wagga Cup meeting, and 
I know that uh, they're going to bring a, a team of horse up. I think King of Hastings is heading that way He's, yeah, to town plate. the town plate. Yeah, Warning might be running in the cup. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So there you go. So, uh, or is it eight? Is it eight? No done deal. Eight. No done deal. Eight. No deal. Done would be yeah. the, the big dance horse for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a seven dollar chance in the Wagga Gold Cup, and Warning's a twenty six dollar chance. So, I think it'd be uh, leaning towards that one. And. Having a look at the Warrnambool, back to Warrnambool, Dino, as Munns mentioned, stack of nominations at tomorrow, 21-11, but then Wednesday, rain, 13-8 to 8 at Warrnambool, and storms, uh, storms on Thursday, 12-8. to 8. So Proper Warrnambool weather the third day. Proper Warrnambool weather. So, um, are you, like, have you got anything looking ahead to, uh, to the bull the next couple of days we can keep an eye on? Uh, Dave, I've... I, Sort of working through the first day, um, the the Briley's often is the feature steeple, and that's the. I think uh, there's two chances, and I think Vanguard is the one at the better price uh, against Valak. So uh, maybe Vanguard as an early look uh, towards uh, tomorrow, but uh, Wednesday and Thursday fields will be out in the next hour or so. Okay, all right. So that is those fixed odds are open. I tell you what, I had been tipped one. Um, there, uh, I've been tipped two you horses. You can get a actually. tip for the bull. Oh, <laughs> Bubble walk. Palace, Bubble Palace. I've been yes, tipped. Yes, yeah. Well, it in race well five. On debut. It's drawn, drawn out wide. Uh, bolted in on debut uh, in uh, Frank Cook's colours, I think. Uh, yeah. From memory, and uh, it won well. But it's a good race that race. So I'd be, I've got a probably a leaning there to Capital Express uh, from the Nick Ryan yard. Had no luck in the Million Dollar Showdown last week, but uh, yeah, it's a really good race that race. Right. Well, Bubble and Palace is a two dollar eighty chance. It's been averaged out at three dollar sixty, and it's one of the most popular runners on the card. Whereas Capital Express is an eleven dollar chance in the same race. Yeah, it's good each way odds. All right, and of course uh, at Wagga, we're going to be at the William Farrow Hotel Thursday and Friday for Racing HQ. So you don't want to uh, turn your dials off Sky Sports Radio. We're going to have it all covered across the country this week. Thanks for coming, Dave. on, gents. Yes, Chris. Dave, is, um, is Laurie Daly on the punters panel? Have you, have you locked Laurie Daly in for the well, punters panel on Friday? Can I can I just say I made that comment this morning? Laurie wanted to have a be a part of the punters panel multi on Friday as we're doing. This Friday's punters panel about Wagga, and you should have seen the backlash that came through on the text line. Uh, punters don't want Laurie anywhere near it, so I, I don't know what we're going to do there because um, you don't want to you don't want to uh, offend the King of Juni. But anyway, we'll have to. I might get you involved there, Muns. You can break the news to him if we don't have him involved with the punters panel, all right? Well, Dave, I'll, I'll be a good, um, you know, 700 or 800 k's away from him. So, yeah, I'm glad to break it to him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, anything That's you how you like, win Dave. all your fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a very good fighter by distance. Yes. Oh. I reckon the best time to break it to him, Dave, would be about 9 o'clock on Thursday night when he's yeah. um, when he's um, um, having his, about his 20th schooner with his friends there. Just before he goes on the Matty Johns show for his uh, tab update. Oh, thanks, thanks, gents. Have a great day. Yeah, Thanks, Dave. That's been the punters. Uh, well, I was say that's been the punters panel. No, that punters panel, of course, on Friday. We'll talk about that throughout the week. But that is, of course, punters post mortem. Make sure you uh, enjoy the rest of your Mondays. Don't go anywhere. We're previewing New South Wales racing shortly, and then uh, a little bit later on, eleven o'clock, our Mondays expert chat today with the great Danny Williams.